Hello and welcome to the Buzzball Scottish Football Podcast, episode number 98, with me, your host, Connor Park. Uh, joining me, it's a rather gloom-looking studio, I think, for all of us after last night's viewing. I have Matt Finlay and Lewis Kemp, and soon to be joined, touch wood, by Hamish Carton. Well, where do we start? Where do we go that we haven't already mentioned? Where do we divulge over last night's performance? I'm not sure we want to, but we're going to have to. Um, of course, finish Slovakia 3, Scotland 0. Uh, and Matt, it really does leave us with nowhere to go, I suppose. The only way is up, some would say. Um, now, nah, just last night was just a disaster. I mean, many called it. I, mean, I think that... Um, Going into the game, I, I personally wasn't optimistic about getting anything. I think I'm sure Lewis shares my views on it, but um, just the game on Saturday night was so dire, like for so long, and um, it's just it's so frustrating because I mean we have I think we have good players. I just think that end of the day, I think tactics wise, we're just completely striking is completely inept to be honest. Yeah, I mean I think just going back to Saturday, there wasn't really any signs there. Um, that um, showed that we can maybe get something from this game. So, you know, I don't think it really comes as any surprise. Um, I think the biggest surprise for me in the game was the fact that I don't think Slovakia, especially in the first half, I was a wee bit disappointed with them. You know, there was a lot of slack passes. There was a lot of space um, in particular, you know, that nobody on either side, to be fair, um, took advantage of. Um, so, you know, I think it was maybe... Even well, not even more surprising, but it was, you know, disappointing. Given um, I don't even think that was a, a, a particularly great performance, a vintage performance from Slovakia, and they managed to to turn us over quite uh, quite easily. I think you know, looking at the goals, looking at the performance as a whole, um, very much getting picked off by a team that, as you say, didn't didn't perform to any great shakes. Were there any positives to take? Were there any players that, that stood out? I think the only I, I have to admit that you know from I watched the game in spells. Um, I think the only kind of two that I thought maybe roughly passed was was uh, Marshall and goals and Tierney potentially did okay, uh, but really, really he made three changes, uh, which I think we'll come on to because that goes totally against his comments earlier in the week. But were there any positives to take? I, I really don't think there, there was, to be honest. Not really. I can I just can't. I thought maybe Kieran Tierney's first half was fine. He was getting forward. He was showing what he does on a regular basis for Celtic. Andy Robertson was doing that at the weekend. I mean, quite comfortably. So I mean, that was. I don't know. I mean, Marshall. I actually thought he was maybe at fault for the goal, yeah. the first goal. Albeit the marking at the back post was dreadful. Um, I thought maybe Marshall could have palmed it elsewhere and not out to the. Um, yeah. to the for centre but I mean then you're relying on your defenders to kind of clear their lines there and they're just not going to I'm not really sure where this kind of Marshall had a good game thing is kind of coming from he's really um, tested yeah and I think you know yeah he made some good saves but for me he has a kind of tendency to palm the ball away instead mm -hmm. of you know actually kind of saving it or whatever um, and I think that kind of puts your defence under quite a lot of pressure to be honest Um but uh, you know with Tierney, um, you know he was all right, but definitely you know haven't seen him uh, about a million times, you know, over the last you know season and a bit. Um, certainly not his best performance, I don't think. Um, uh, I I do go along with I thought first half he was good, but um, 
Yeah, I, I thought it was quite a weird one that Robertson was was switched, but it was not something to do with injury yeah, anyway. I mean, we look at the changes that he made to start living as a whole. It was, it was three changes. Um, I think, you know, we'd spoke all day about how can he potentially drop uh, Chris Martin when he apparently played very, very well on Saturday night, according to Gordon Strachan, and he still did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even at that, I suppose the, the biggest bumbear is, is, is it wasn't, as you say, it wasn't Lee Griffiths that replaced him with. They brought in Stephen Fletcher again. Um, weird. <laughs> how frustrating. I mean, the, 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 Part of me wonders, is, is that deliberate? Is that yeah, because he knows that everybody that, I mean, is, is rooting for Griffiths, wants Griffiths in the team? Uh, the, he is very stubborn and I don't feel he has <clears throat> any respect for the fans or for the media or Definitely you know anyone really. Um, even last night's comments, you know, you know, only kind of giving respect to what the travelling fans I mean, You know, it's, I don't know, I just... Um, I kind of go along with what you maybe say. Um, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if... Um, the reason why he's not picking Griffiths is just because there's been such a kind of outrage over it, and you know he's putting Fletcher there. Um, you know, see, to be honest with you, I, I, I mean, going into this double header, if you'd said to me, um, you know, Griffiths starts on Saturday, and Fletcher starts on Tuesday, I would have probably said, you know, that's fine. I'm, I'm not actually worried about that at all, because I thought maybe Fletcher would have suited a game like this. But you know, the way it panned out, and you know, defensively, I didn't think they were great. Um, I thought they were there to be got at really and I don't think Fletcher was really that effective in, in the role he was, was playing he, he didn't really have any service to be fair no, I think the, no, pa- the passing right, from the team yeah. was just a, was just abysmal I mean there were spells in the first half where they can actually controlled the game in terms of like the possession and going forward they look, looked a bit more likely it was the killer in, killer ball speaking to my brother about this and he, he said that the, the, the three in the middle of the park none of them have got that killer pass in them no. and they're not going to be able to play through Fletcher who's got no pace you know, like you play a ball through to Griffiths and he'll be able to do something with it because he's on form. Like he's just always on form. You know, like he's whereas Fletcher's just Fletcher or Martin just, you know, like goal scoring records pretty abysmal for being a number nine striker. So, I mean, could the argument be that with the right coach and the right setup that mm-hmm. we do actually have the attacking players within the pool to to maybe not be brilliantly outstanding, but to do far far better? And is it really the defence? That is the key issue in all of this? I think, yeah, I, I kind of go along with that. I think, you know, we have a lot of options going forward. Um, it's just fitting them into a system that kind of works. Um, even midfield as well, I don't think, you know, we, we do pass the ball fairly well, even though, you know, <laughs> there was quite a lot of uh, slack passes last last night. But, um, you know, I think I might put that into other issues. But I think, you know, as you said, the key is the defence. And I think, you know, m- the three kind of positions of the two centre-backs and the right-back for me, I think, you know, as much as I like Patterson going forward, I don't think he's great defensively, um, and two centre-backs, uh, I mean, both of them aren't getting games for the club, I think that kind of tells you all you need to know, um, you know, obviously Strachan's wanting them both in there because they have an understanding of each other and stuff, but I just don't think they're that good, um, I don't really know what else you'd, you'd do, I mean, we kind of talked about you know, putting Wallace maybe at left centre back. I, I'm, I'm really at a kind of loss as to you know how to kind of solve that problem. But uh, that is the issue when it comes to a national team. You do have a limited pool to select from, and there's no doubt that maybe there is we could come up with better options. But uh, in some ways, highs, hands are tied in that position when you don't have um, at this moment in time centre halves. I mean, I remember distinctly. 
from Saturday night seeing like the Christoph Bera out warming up and and people like that. And I mean, I know that at first glance people would say Christoph Bera, you know, but but I think you know for somebody that is steady, he's he's done okay. He's played at a consistent level down well, south. Well, 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 the difference between Bera and um, the other two centre backs is he's actually getting a game and he's playing consistently. You know what I mean? With the other two are in and out of the squad and not playing that often. I mean. And you know, I do think he has his faults. He's not perfect, but you know, it's maybe maybe worth you know looking at in the future. But yeah, but again, goes back to the the whole problem. Do you have a manager there that is willing to say right in the situation of Berra, you are playing, you are doing okay. Let's put you in and give you. I'll give you three games. Say, tell him. You know, you've got three games to to stamp your mark here. Um, I mean, the problem is as a whole, the, the country, I think, has become very disillusioned. Um, and is there any other option than for a change of manager than to re-bring this back again? Because it, you could argue that even with a new manager, we're still probably going to take another two years because the chances of now being close to qualifying, I think we need to get that thought out of our heads at this moment yeah. in time. Um, and that's the problem. You're now talking about I know that previously I was speaking about a kind of five-month time frame between November and March to recruit a new manager. We're now talking about a two-year time frame here that, you know, they've now got a chance, I feel, to really get this right because the, the, the focus now has to not be even on this campaign. It's about building up to the next one starting for the European Championships because, God forbid, we need to surely qualify for that given how many teams actually manage to do it now. But... Where do we go from here? We, 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 what's the next option? What's the next move? Matt, you're <laughs> I, shaking your head, but I, I need an answer. I don't actually know. I honestly don't know. I don't know if Strachan was to leave. I, I think, I think if I think he'll be given to the England game. Is the England game a double header? Uh, I think it's just a one. No, it's just a single just game. Just a single in game. I, I, mean, I fear for us at Wembley. Honestly, I, I don't rate that England team whatsoever, and I. I'm contradicting what I said two weeks ago about how I feel that we'd have a chance there. We might go down glorious fail, like glorious failures as always, but I genuinely think we're going to get cuffed. I just I can't see a way. But the way that Strachan will line up, he'll probably go with the the big striker again, trying to frustrate England, playing the long ball. They'll they'll just outclass us, right? and they'll be up for it because they're struggling at the moment and they've got a point to prove. But um, in terms of going forward, I yeah, this campaign is dead, and I think that. I think Strachan should walk, but given what four weeks till the next game or something like that, less than that, I, I don't see what even the point is because we're we're not going to have anybody. And what's going to happen is he's probably Mark McGee's or something, or Stuart McCall or someone's going to come in and just like take over interim. It's like someone that's on his. T- I know McCall's actually left, but like um, like they don't actually have anything. I I don't know who would come in. I, if like if we were to shove him now, I think if you, I think if you, yeah, obviously Strachan goes, and I think for everyone concerned, even Strachan, I think it's probably best that he does. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I, 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 don't, I, I think we do need to look um, abroad. I think this mm-hmm. time, if we're going to make an appointment, because for me, there's no one really. Um, certainly, who's Scottish who really, for me, offers anything different. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd look for someone a strong personality um, abroad who not only will you know 
get the players playing and stuff like that. But we'll, you know, try and sort out the the shambles as the kind of higher ups as well within the organisation. Well, I I think what's been picked up upon is that, you know, if you was to go just now, um, I looked at the betting markets. I think your top kind of group, you're talking already. You're, you've got Derek McInnes, David Moyes. I think potentially Billy Davies might be in there. People like that. Um, and I think we need to realise we're very down at the moment. As a nation, we're very down and, and understandably so, totally and understandably so. But actually for another manager from a from foreign country or, or if this job was about an application base, I think we'd be very pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. about the calibre of candidate mm-hmm. that would apply because people see this, they see the passion of the fans, they see that as actually an opportunity. It's like... I always think Scotland, if someone was to take the job, you'd hear very similar quotes, and this is quite a bizarre comparison to like, say, see a Nottingham Forest down south, when people say they've got the fan mm-hmm. base, they've got the potential, they've got the growth, we just need to ignite that again. And I don't think it'll take a lot for a, ma- a fresh manager with new ideas to come in and, and work with that group of players. They're not the worst group of players mm-hmm. that we've had over the past 10 years, particularly going forward, but... It's how do you do that? And I think there's even been concerns from some people that even if the right candidate were to apply, would he even get the job? Yeah, no, mm. I think... I think oh, right. mm. But I think, for me, I mean, I've not really talked about it yet, but obviously, all for Buck, um, after the game or, or during the game, I'm not really sure when, but, you know, he's posting kind of stuff on Twitter that was, um, you'd think maybe was aimed at... Um, the fact that he wasn't in the squad um, for the game and aimed at striking. And for me, if that's the case, then, you know, there is a kind of signal there that he has somewhat, you know, lost you know, lost the dressing room. And if that's the case, then I think he has to go. But I think, you know, as you said, yeah, it's fresh ideas, something to reunite not only the players, but the fans as well. Um, and I think given that, you know, We've only ever had one foreign manager in our history, and <clears throat> you know that that was the wrong appointment for various re- uh, reasons. But I think you know it's definitely worth a shot um, because you know people can say, "Oh, this campaign's over" and stuff like that. But there are still you know FIFA rankings or UEFA rankings or whatever. You know we need to be getting a good pot for the next one. I think I think mm-hmm. that's the key thing we need to be looking at because you don't want a situation again where you're in pot four. And you know you've got Ireland and Poland and Germany because that you know as much as you you can say oh it was twenty four teams it was a really really tough group we got the last time so you want to avoid that this time and I think you know picking up some points um, and t- towards the last stages of this campaign even though I think it's definitely over now I think that should be the aim. I, I would probably go along the lines as what Lewis is saying about a foreign manager. I think I, I wouldn't wish this job on anybody. It's certainly not someone like in a young manager in Scotland. Like for example, he said Derek McInnes. I mean, I would be heartbroken if he left to go to Scotland, which tells you everything. Because I mean, I, like that kind of maybe shows it's a club over country mentality. But um, some and it, it was just the names as well that you listed off the Billy Davis and all that. He always gets linked to a job. He, he got linked to the St Mirren job. Like why would he even be? going to the Scotland but I think um, foreign is something I'd probably welcome to be honest I think that as bad as Vokes' tur- like, time ended he actually did get us that playoff um, albeit like I mean m- mediocre in the end but you know I mean I think I think that it was just that respect that the players had for him I think um, <coughs> at the end it probably killed him and I think with Strachan that's, that might be the same I think no subsequently after Vokes leaving I think it was pretty obvious he wasn't like 
great manager just to begin with. I mean, certainly some of his, um, you know, kind of bombing about in, the, the, in some African countries and stuff right. like that. So yeah. I think, you know, I, there has been a kind of thing where I think maybe, I don't know if it's the SFA or if it's just the fan base have been kind of, you know, looking, you know, whenever the idea of a foreign manager comes up, it's like, oh, well, look what happened with Oaks. You know, he was foreign and it didn't work out. Whereas, you know, you know, he doesn't represent every single manager that isn't mm -hmm. Scottish. There is very good managers out there. And there's managers out there that have managed national teams before and got them to places. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, I, you know, I, I think it does take a bit of ambition. Um, maybe the SFA instead of um, painting this time on the streets. <laughs> um uh, you're charging forty quid a ticket, or, or well, maybe, maybe just use that money that they got from the forty quid a ticket, or whatever, and they can use it to get a decent caliber manager. Man. I think I think your the points you all make there are very valid, and um, you speak about the fear almost over international foreign boss coming in. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually think it works alternatively this time. I fully believe that you bring in. Anybody out of those lists that I, that I named that were Scottish, and there'll be many, many more, I'm sure we could predict them, the ones that would be linked to the job. Um, everybody's got an opinion on them already. Everybody's got a judgment, and some, yeah, will be positive. But even Derek McInnes, some people will have a negative viewpoint on him for whatever reason. Moyes, of course, would have a baggage with them. Uh, and I'm just going through, I'm not saying these names would ever get it, but I'm just talking that maybe somebody fresh that... I'm not saying when you would want somebody that was kind of known, but um, somebody that doesn't come in with a, an already a link, a bit of baggage, an opinion that everybody has on them, mm -hmm. that's probably the best way you're going to get any sort of optimism in this country again. I think they should probably go for it and headhunt somebody, if I'm completely honest. I think that they should try and advertise it as this is a big job, as you said, like like the Knott's Forest kind of analogy on it. I think that um, people will want to kind of see what what the SFA could bring to the table and everyone in Scotland knows that there's a lot of negative press around the SFA and if you go abroad and maybe go out and find some like for example like a German guy that's like maybe like just like playing his trade in the Bundesliga or has done it someone that's actually yeah, someone that's been successful though because I mean like there's no point like go, going after like someone like Moyes who yeah, he was successful for what, 11 years, had an absolute disaster at Man United, then a disaster in Spain, and now it looks like it's going to be a disaster at Sunderland. You know, like, it's just... Well, well, the bit I always recall is the guy that's in charge of Iceland just now, is it Beckenbauer? But, or? Uh, he just, he's just left them. Right, uh, Lars Lagerman. Yeah, Lars Lagerman. Beckenbauer, jeez. I know, I'm getting... Oh, I'll I'm, take Beckenbauer at this way. Uh, no, but, yeah, he obviously, I don't know if you're... When Levine got the job, he went on to take Iceland to quarterfinals at, at, at tournaments um, and playoffs of World Cup. So. And, and he and he was wanting the Scotland job, and <laughs> they gave it to Craig Levine instead. I think I think he got quite. Uh, if I remember correctly, anyway, I'm sure he got right to a very far stage in the competition, and we chose the Scottish manager over him. Now, I'm not saying that he's the one that you go for this time round, uh, but it does show that there's probably very credible coaches out there. That's the point. I think we all know. We all know that they are out there. Um, what's I suppose we'll kind of look to draw this to a close if you like but that group of players this morning they're waking up um, you mentioned obviously the tweet that went out last night from Oliver Burke and do you think they see any future under the manager no, and I think they've given up I, I genuinely think they, I, mean, yeah, I think it's, it shows in their body language um, and their attitudes towards the game you know it's, it's a night and day from you know the, this time 
uh, here and, and you know obviously la uh, last year when you know we're, we're beating Ireland you know going to Poland putting in a really good performance and stuff like that you know it is complete night and day um, yeah I think there's a lot of people that have come out and said that Strachan has brought like positive performances I mean there's been a handful if I'm completely honest I still think that we should have qualified it of that group regardless of how tough it was I think that we chucked it and we threw it away and that that is a mentality thing I think it was it was interesting the conversation came up on Saturday night after the game when when was the last time as a Scotland fan now I think most of us in here go to the majority of the home games mm. um, when was the last time as a Scotland fan did you leave Hamden thinking that was a really good performance and well, actually well it's been a while considering obviously Hamden was and you were going to say that um, I would, have, I would have said the the that Ireland game. If I was completely honest, and then I was completely deflated three days later. Yeah, no, but he's meaning. Yeah, he's, that, he's meaning home games. Uh, and I think that's that's the point. But it does show you international football. Everyone talks about the longevity of it and not working with co players on a, a daily basis and being in and out of it very much. But mm -hmm. what this proves is that only two weeks ago, having beaten Malta five one, albeit not the greatest performance, mm -hmm. we were going to this double header thinking. We've got a, a, a decent chance here to, to solidify ourselves. Now, I don't think we fancied ourselves that much, but it shows you in the space of, what, four days? Mm -hmm. How quickly um, the nation's optimism and opinion, and what it does prove is you might not have months on end to prepare with your players, but in the short time that you do have, you must get it right. Yeah, I know, and I, I, we're just not going to get it right in the, in the next few months, honestly. I think... The way that, I mean, a couple of years ago when, when Strachan came in, like media, I said this the other day, that media was like the best, his best friend. Like, they, I think they, he got a lot of protection from the media. That was obvious with some of the stuff that you could say. And he's always done it, though. He's always been a bit of a, a character, like a joke Trickly. figure and things like that. Like at Celtic and Middlesbrough and Coventry even going for about as that. So I think with, he's just, I think he's dug himself in a hole here, to be honest. And last week, is, I thought his, his, uh, approach with the media was ridiculous completely honest I thought it was embarrassing that he was just kind of like the stuff that he said to Jonathan Sutherland and not answering questions and then you know and it just it all kind of eats away at the and I think it's a completely different point now I think just the fans have almost stopped believing I mean you saw I mean with the price of tickets the other day I can't blame 35,000 36,000 at the game see when I started going to Scotland games like 10 12 years ago there was every game I went to was a sellout. You couldn't get tickets. I remember being in the position yeah. when I was younger, and of course, I think you would. You're obviously a wee bit older than me, but when I was trying to start buying tickets for Scotland yeah. games, I need somebody else to buy them for me. Yeah. I remember thinking I've got no chance of getting tickets yeah. for this game. Whereas now, actually, I could have bought the tickets for that game on Saturday months ago, mm -hmm. and I decided to wait. I think until the day before, and I went, "All right, I pick one up now." And even speaking to people, we asked, you know. I think this is before obviously we got beat. When will tickets go on sale for this? tickets go on sale for that? And they were just like, well, we actually think that the cash gate is available up until uh, every game apart from the England game. Now, had we won, I don't think that would quite be the case. I don't but, even think the England game will sell out. No, I think England game would. If we're, if, think. But if we're going into that like so down and whatever, I think England will take whatever they take, 10,000 or something. I honestly, I can't, because they'll charge a bomb for it, as we know. I honestly think it'll be 40. Two forty-three thousand because of the fact that I just think the fan the fans don't they don't see it as a glamour tie anymore uh, for me. I mean, the, the England away is different, but like still fifteen thousand going down to that. But we're we're just there for the party. I think now more than anything. 
Right, here we go. So that was 20, almost 25 minutes there of doom and gloom, but we're about to lift the spirits back up again. The domestic football is back this weekend. I'll quickly run through your Premiership fixtures before we divulge and dissect every little piece of action to try and predict who will come out on top. But anyway, on Friday night uh, in Inverness, it is... Rangers that are up there, they play Inverness Kelly and Thistle, 7.45 kickoff, and that will be live on TV. Then Saturday, 5 3 o'clock kickoffs, Aberdeen North County, Celtic Motherwell, Dundee travel to Hearts, Partick Thistle host Hamilton before St Johnson take on Kilmarnock. So we'll start on Friday night. Uh, Inverness versus Rangers, as I say, quarter to eight kickoff up there, and I think this one could be fairly interesting, you know, Inverness. To their credit, I, I, I've done okay. I think they don't deserve the the quite the the, the slagging that they got at the start of the season. They've picked up a wee bit. They're on nine points, which is only which is level with Motherwell, who are in the top six now. Um, so they will be fans of chances of getting something, particularly after managing to do it to Celtic. Oh well, yeah, I was a month ago. about to make that point. They're so far the only team to take points off us, um, and yeah. It is difficult to see how it will go, obviously there's been an international break so it's kind of, oh, I mean there, there was a lot of momentum for Inverness I feel um, and maybe the international break came at a bit of a wrong time for them whereas the Rangers, you know, again another chance to regroup for them so um, uh, well, actually for Rangers, you know, they're obviously coming off the back of beating Partick Thistle so they may be thinking the same thing um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting um, Am I right in saying Inverness? They played Rangers a couple of years ago in the Cups. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah comfortably beat them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously a different team. Yeah, I mean, though, looking at the table, Inverness, if they were to get a result, if they were to win the game, they go level in points with Rangers. Um, it does show you that this international break, I think, kind of played eight games, but still that middle group is very, very tight. There's only uh, kind of three points between tenth and Dundee and sixth and and, and Motherwell, but. It's not one that Inverness are banking on by any manner of means, but they have to have a bit of confidence in there, Matt. Uh, definitely, I think. Um, uh, I mean, going forward, I just think it. Um, they are a they are a decent team. I mean, they still have problems. Obviously, there's no doubt about it. But um, I, I really fancy Inverness for this game. Actually, like um, I honestly think that with just. I don't. I don't know what it is. I think the way that they played it against, for example, against Celtic. I think that that was pretty admirable, considering uh, like where Celtic had been just f- uh, pinging goals in left, right, and centre, and uh, they they unlocked Celtic's defence that day. Rangers' defence are definitely there to be got at. There's no doubt about it. So I think that um, I think that Rangers will find it very difficult. I think. I mean, going up there. Friday night. Uh, I knew you were going to say that sentence going up there is a it's difficult. A, no, but it's hard enough at, at the best of times. Going up there Friday night, um, obviously it the lights this time of year. That's it is total difficult stuff, but it does have an impact. I, I, I don't, I don't doubt that. But is that is that better or worse than playing at twelve on a Saturday or, or Sunday? That that's a very valid point. You know, I think twelve on a Saturday is nowhere near as bad as twelve on a Sunday. Yeah, but. Uh, It'd be interesting to hear the fans' opinions on that because. Well, right, obviously, fans, I think, would maybe rather the Friday, but I'm just more so meaning the players and stuff like that, you know, how it affects them. But a weekend off. If you go up on the Friday night, I suppose. I suppose, yeah. But. 
Mm. Uh, it's, it would be interesting to know that, but I, I've not heard anything that's come out of anybody saying, you know, I prefer Friday night to right, Saturday well, morning. You, you work at a club that have probably played a few Friday night games over their time. Yeah, well, I think. Does it make an impact to you? Like having to go, go up to, well, you don't have to go up anywhere, go down to Queen, Queen of the South on a, well, we did on do a that. Friday night. We, did, we did that a couple of years ago. And, no, I think it's. It, it, it depends because I, I think Friday night when you're the home team, I like. But I've done it a couple of times only last week, going away from home. And I don't know what it was. It was something just not right about it? Because you kind of I don't like these days where you're sitting about and waiting on it happening. There's no training obviously in the morning for the players, um, and that's where I think it, it could have a slight impact that you are waiting all day. And I think the same goes with the five fifteen kickoffs on a Saturday. You're sitting listening to all these results coming in, coming in. Whereas if you're playing on at least on a Saturday lunchtime, it's done early. If you're playing on a Sunday, then you're between on the Saturday in preparation for the Sunday. So it kind of it's, it's interesting how different teams work it, but um, I think going back to the game itself, uh, we talk about Inverness doing well, we talk about maybe a bit of optimism there, but it does go back to one of these games that if Rangers have the ambition to be uh, second, third in the league, they need to go up there and win. Something you echo, Lewis? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, yeah, I don't really like using the phrase tough place to go, but, you know, the certainly the two Highland teams they have that advantage I think and that you know it is you know the furthest away um, for you know for this league um, you know some some teams decide to actually just stay over for the night if it is a Friday you know, I think Celtic have done that before in the past um, so um, yeah they have that advantage um, whether they can you know use that um, I think Inverness will be up for this game I kind of echo what Matt says I don't know if I think they'll win but I certainly think they're more than capable of uh, getting something from this game um, or getting a point or whatever. Into Saturday then, and Matt, your team Aberdeen, they host Ross County, something I brought you news of only an hour ago. No, no, I, I knew you just couldn't oh, remember. Oh, you know, right, okay, okay, we believe you. Um, I suppose it, it goes back to what I was just going to say about Rangers. Uh, Aberdeen are sitting in second, 15 points, one ahead of Hearts um, and St Johnston. And it's a case of probably just motoring along, mm. keeping up, picking points that keep you in that position. No, definitely. I think um, the international break certainly came at the worst time for Aberdeen. We'd hit, hit momentum, hit, inver- uh, sorry, hit Kilmarnock for four and you know, won four games in a row. And you're just thinking, oh, great, there's an inter- international break. And, uh, you know, and I think, but I'm very confident about this. I really am. I think that the team have, have hit. I still don't think we've got out of third gear, maybe, to be honest. I think that um, there's still more to come from this team. Uh, certainly with the likes of, of Madison, he just looks like a cracking player. And Johnny Hayes is on form again. Rooney's scoring goals. So um, the players are are doing well, considering that there's still flaws in the team. and I still, um, But as you said, I mean, it's just another, it's just a week where they've got to just keep motoring on because they've got the likes of Hearts, who are pretty consistent. Rangers, who we know clearly have not hit even got out of first gear in my opinion they, they've still got a lot to offer in this league and uh, so there's there's an instant Johnston I mean you can't write them off but um, I'm just rattling off the whole league here but it's it's uh, it's actually Whoa. true like Motherwell yeah <laughs> um, but you know like I mean they are a good, Aberdeen are a good team and I'm confident that we'll get the win you speak about that um, momentum mm-hmm. now here's looking very 
kind of far forward. But obviously the game on Saturday you play Ross County, and then the week after it's on to cup duty. Yeah. Um, positive or negative? Of course you want to be in the semi final, and I believe I think not far off ten thousand at the moment. Uh, it's not going to general sale yet. So I've been sold. Um, so of course there's an appetite there for it, but. Um, it's a tough one, I think, because you want these games. Of course, you want them. You want cup finals. You want trophies. Oh no, I'd rather I'd rather go further in the in the cup. Um, I think I'm consi- I'm positive that the team will be pretty consistent throughout the season. That we will be there or there about second place. I, mean, I think we've got. I think I still think we've got a better team than Hearts, and um, it's pretty even with Rangers. So I think that um, the cup is. I mean, McInnes, he says a lot of right things to the media, he'll say the right things to this team, that as soon as this game is done on Saturday, the attention will turn to uh, Martin, because the expectation to reach a cup final is greater than it ever has been since since that Queen of the South game in 2008. So, um, But we can look at that next week. I genuinely believe that like we... Um, the cup, the cup will take care of itself when it comes round and at the moment so with the league. Lewis, I believe you I interrupted you there very rudely, I apologise, but I believe you had a point there to make about Aberdeen. Uh, no, I was going to pass your point and make about uh, Ross County, given mm-hmm. that they've um, you know, got two very credible results um, away to tough places, mm-hmm. or maybe Aberdeen's uh, immediate rivals and Hearts and mm-hmm. uh, Rangers, you know, mm-hmm. both nil-nil draws, so I don't think it will be um, as easy as maybe people suspect. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, as you say, if Aberdeen are expecting to, you know, if they want the second place, if they want to keep this momentum going, and they are going to have to beat teams like Ross County at home, you know, it should be expected of them. Um, but I don't think it will be anywhere near as easy as maybe people might think. Yeah, I think Ross Ross County as a whole, as a squad, as a team, um, because of how well they did. Uh, in previous years, obviously winning the cups and being right up there, there's maybe not as much credit. They are still sitting fairly comfortably in the middle of the table. I don't think they will be dragged in that relegation place. And again, like Saturday, they're probably keen to go and uh, and and get some sort of point there from Aberdeen. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're suffering a few injuries. I think um, at the moment. Um, well, I mean, obviously Boyce is out. Um, I think Schalke actually is out as well. You know, going forward there is maybe issues, but um, you know, I think McEvoy as well actually, which is probably not the worst thing given that he's not been you know great this year. But um, yeah, I think just again defensively is where they're going to have to you know use that to their advantage. Advantage, I think, um, in this game, and hope that you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think um, Aberdeen, although. I do like them. I think they have at times struggled to, mm-hmm. you know, break down teams this year. Um, even going back to the European games, where you know yeah. it would, most game most goals were coming in the seventieth minute, the eighth minute, or whatever. Um, I think we could see a kind of similar game here where Aberdeen might struggle to break them down, but you know eventually they might they might get that late goal, the way late, late late winner. Well, we welcome into the fold just now. Hamish Carton has joined me. I'm under a lot of pressure here. He's sitting right beside me, adjudicating my presentation skills, I suppose. Hamish, how are you? I'm very well, Connor. Thanks. Well, not very well, but. Um, no, you've d- missed a d- doom and gloom, but we're positive now. I've actually been sitting outside that door for half an hour waiting, and you was finishing talking about Scotland. <laughs> what was the What was the general consensus? Pish. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't go as far as that, but no, I think very much. A feeling of where do we go for here, and we right 
quite simply don't know where we go from here. Um, I, w- I won't. But, sorry, I won't. I won't go back won't, into it. Nah, no, can't but, be bothered. We'll move on to then Celtic. They play Ross County at Parkhead. No, we don't. Um, no, they don't. They we play Motherwell. play Ross County on Saturday evening. Saturday lunch. Oh, your pre- pressure's got. I know. He's getting my microphone moved about in oh, front of me yeah. here. Um, so sorry, Celtic versus Motherwell, Lewis. Another chance, I suppose, for Celtic just to keep racking up the points. They've got that four-point leading that's not one they'll want to let go of. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've played them at Parkhead earlier in the year, and I think we turned them turned them over quite um, comfortably. To be honest, I don't suspect it'll be as comfortable this time. I think uh, if McGee's get any sense, which. Um, you know, I've been maybe critical of him before, his managerial uh, prowess. But um, I mean, if you get any sense, you know, you'll um, maybe try to limit um, Celtic this time and actually um, play a different, the different way to what they played the last time when they get absolutely cuffed by us. Um, I am expecting a tougher game than that, but I still think Celtic should should keep the momentum going and win fairly comfortable in this one, I think. Matt, um, what are... Motherwell's expectations over the course of a season because I think just now they're sitting okay and in sixth place they've got a decent squad but where realistically should they be? According to Mark McGee at the start of the year it was to avoid relegation so Mm, probably I mean sixth place is probably definitely achievable in this league I mean it is it is so close that it's like teams are very similar. I don't think they're any better or any worse than your party thistles or your, or your Marnesses or your Dundees. Um, so, for that point of view, probably sixth place is achievable. But um, and it's something that they should really look to because I mean their fans. It wasn't so long ago. I've said it before that they were ten, they were playing in Europe. You know, like three years in a row. You know, like just three seasons ago they were playing in Europe. So long gone are those days. It seems, but. Their their fans will have expectations, no doubt about it. And um, those there's players in that team that have that have experienced that and they want to get back to it. And all it takes is a is a league run, uh, is a good run of games in the league. But the problem is is the consistency in the, the bottom half of the table. It's impossible to win three games in a row. Um, really uh, to then, you know, like it's just so difficult. Um, because there is a gol- a golfing class between even the sixth place to fifth place team. You know, like I mean, it's just it is that close. So, um. I think they're. I'm. I'm not making any predictions for them yet, but they should really be aiming higher than what McGee said at the start of the season. Yeah, well, I don't think they'll be expecting to take too much on Saturday from that game, but um, you've got to go in, I suppose, optimistic in every fixture. Hearts they continue to chase Aberdeen, just a point behind and third there at home to Dundee, and I feel I've said this. Th- two or three times already looking at this fixture card but it's another one of these these ones that can throw up some problems it can throw up some difficulty but um, again if, if Hearts want to be there if they want to be up that end of the league they want to be challenging and in and around um, Aberdeen Rangers have the, the, the speed up a little bit they need to beat Dundee at home yes <laughs> yes <laughs> they do um, <laughs> I fully expect them to beat Dundee because I don't think Dundee are very good, um, and I think I think there were improvements in Dundee's last game before the international break, the game against Celtic. I think there were signs the way they stayed into the game. I mean, they limited Celtic to one goal, um, which no other team um, has been able to do in the Premiership so far this season. Um, but I think going to Tyne Castle, you know what it's like when you go to Tyne Castle. The atmosphere um, can get very loud, especially if Hearts get an early goal. I think it's quite a a big game for Hearts actually 
um, because you, you look at the other fixtures this weekend, you fully expect Aberdeen to win. Um, I know you've probably already touched on Rangers. I think Rangers are winning Friday night as well. And looking up the table, you think Celtic um, will take care of Motherwell as well. So it's a game where Hearts, I think, need to try and get the three points as well. Um, and as I say, at, at Tynecastle, it's always a tough place to go. I think the fans will be revitalised after um, a good kind of two-week break, whatever it was. Um, and I, I think Hearts have in the main, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they've had too many players away in international duty. I know the same probably goes for Dundee, but I think Hearts are a team when they're, they're vibrant um, and they're, they're ready to go when they're, they're at their best once they've had a break. They don't seem to do heart, well Hearts. They can't play two games in a week, for example. You look at the cup record, the European games, they struggle to play two games in a week, whereas when they've got this kind of um, two-week break, I think the likes of Tony Watt and Connor Salmon um, and, and Nicholson and Walker will be really energised and I, I think Hearts, um, when they get the fans on, on their side and get an early goal, um, I think that could be a, a couple, two or th- well two or three I think, um, to nil. We'll drop down to the opposite end of the division just now. Um, Partick Thistle, firmly rooted to the bottom on five points, a point behind Kilmarnock and Dundee who sit 11th and 10th and it's a really, I'd almost going to say must win game for them, they play Hamilton who Again, we'll be optimistic about going there and getting something and, and extending that lead over, over Thistle. But, Lewis, I don't think many people at the start of the season, certainly not me anyway, would have, have called part of Thistle at this stage after seven games they've played the rest of the league, obviously eight, um, to be sitting where they are. Yeah, it's not been great. Um, I, I, you can throw the excuse of the, you know, it's been a tough start to the season out the window now because they have played, you know, teams around them as well. Um you know, I think both me and you are the two ones in the podcast that thought Thistle were going to be the kind of surprise package of this year. And, um, well, they have yeah, been, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah, for the wrong reasons, yeah. Um, I think, you know, for them this is probably the ideal chance, I think, um, to get something out of the game. And, you know, even I think, I think both teams will be targeting it, really. You know, you look at a team like Hamilton, um, they, you know, as much as they're putting in good performances and not getting results, um they won't obviously turn that around whereas you know with Thistle um, just nothing's going their way at the moment so yeah I, I think I think for Thistle international breaks probably came at a good time um, they can maybe regroup and think right just forget what's happened before this is where our season starts and um, you know I think I think they really should be targeting at least three points here the thing is Matt unlike seasons gone before the team that are sitting bottom normally just now after eight games can sometimes be cut adrift they're not uh, by any manner of means they're 1-1 and they're right back in that, that mix in the bottom half of the table but it's about getting that win and, and making sure that they, they aren't left definitely um, we've, we've discussed before about teams getting cut adrift I mean it happened last year with Dundee United rapidly it was incredible the, the demise of them and I think that with Thistle um, I think they, they are a good team I think that they actually have good individual players I just think I mean the hard luck story just came, continues to hit them this season I mean conceding late goals and so on it's just it's just cost them but I don't anticipate them being cut adrift but they really need to be getting points on the board quickly just, because as you say one win it puts them like up not up the table but it puts them on, on the same level as, as the rest of them and I think that I mean the sh- I, I'm, I say they should be fine they, they, they won't be fine in because they're they are it's inevitable they are going to be in around that mix at the bottom of the league, I think. 
Quite an abrupt end there anyway. So, um, <laughs> final Premiership fixture, see St Johnston host Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock just a point ahead of Partick Thistle, so they're in that kind of similar situation. While St Johnston level on points with Hearts, um, who are in third. Again, depending on what happens in, in the results there, they maybe want to be getting a, a win to keep themselves in and about, but potentially a chance that they can overtake one of those two. I think they deserve great credit to, to be up there with them, don't they, Hamish? They do, yes, um, but it, it's kind of tiresome almost praising St Johnson because um, they're there every season. So you almost need to, you have to count them alongside um, or certainly maybe just below the likes of Aberdeen and Hearts. Um, they're, uh, for me, you were talking about Scotland earlier on, obviously I missed that conversation. I assumed you had a wee look at managers who could possibly come in. Um, in my opinion, Tommy Wright should be near the top of that list. I honestly think he should be because you look at, in terms of not harbouring on the Scotland point too much, you look at Scotland, it's a team with very little. What we need, and Tom English made the point in the radio last night, we need a team, um, or sorry, a manager who gets a lot out of very little. And if you look in terms of the Scottish game anyway, your number one manager for that is, is Tommy Wright at St Johnson. Time after time you look at the team they have um, and you think that team should not be, with all due respect, up the highest end of the table. Because how many realistically players would you take from their team and stick in a, a Hearts or an Aberdeen team? Probably not too many. However, I can guarantee St Johnson won't be far away from those two at the end of the season. So I think in terms of the Scotland thing, hopefully not for St Johnson fans, um, Tommy Wright for me would be a great option. Uh, in terms of the game on Saturday, famous last words maybe, but I think um, it's your your banker of the weekend. I think that St Johnson will beat um, Kilmarnock at home. I don't see any way that they won't beat Kilmarnock at home. I don't think... Um, well, I've, I've made my points very well. And because I'm kind of in this seat today as opposed to the whole seat, I can maybe elaborate slightly that I just think um, Kilmarnock, and you've seen it in recent weeks, there is no backbone to the team. I think when... Koulibaly, who chatted to a few of the Kelly guys they reckon might be away in January now that Greg Kilty's got his injury. He was the sellable asset, now it's Koulibaly, so they reckon that they'll cash in on him in January. If he goes, I don't see much hope for them if Kilty's out as well for the rest of the season. I think defensively they're terrible, as I've said. You've seen that in the last two games of them, conceded 10 goals. Was it 10 goals? Mm -hmm. In the two games against away at Celtic and home to Aberdeen. Um, and I, I see I see something similar happening uh, on Saturday. I think St Johnson will win really comfortably. And, and for me, um, Kilmarnock could well be bottom of the league um, by what Saturday evening. Yeah. Uh, is it fair to say that Kilmarnock, apparently there's something the team that are bottom just now, but Kilmarnock are the ones that we're all looking at that at the moment seem to be the team that are going to, if anybody, fall away at the bottom potentially? I think with Thistle, you know, they've got players there that. Um, that you know they shouldn't be where they are. I think um, you know there's obviously. I think they can be better. Um, whereas you know with Kilmarnock, I do really worry about our defence. I completely you know, agree with what Hamish was saying about you know no backbone in the team defensively. Um, the last couple of weeks they've looked a complete shambles. Um, but I do like Clark as a manager. Um, this is again an international break. A bit of time to kind of regroup. Um, I think um, given that St Johnston for whatever reason maybe not so much this year but certainly seasons past they do have a tendency to drop points where um, you don't really drop points if you know what I mean you know, you, you, you're you not expecting them to drop points um, so I actually think Kilmarnock actually might get something out of this Matt you're shaking your head I, I can't see 
I cannot see Kilmarnock winning or even getting anything out of it. I think St Johnson are just a far better and superior side than the. I think Kilmarnock. I mean, as Hamish has already said, there's just nothing in that. Uh, there's no backbone to that team, really. I mean, like it's just they're they're a mess. I, I appreciate that. Um, uh, the manager's trying to get to get it going with him. He's trying new things, but he's brought in a brand new team. It takes takes long takes like a long time to kind of get that to gel and you've got maybe a couple of of individuals that might win them a game or get something out of the game or show something special like Koulibaly the other week but honestly I just I can't see any hope for them this week nor for a long time this season no hope for Kilmarnock then sorry Kelly Cal (laughs) yep we will quickly run through those Premiership fixtures that we just spoke about. Inverness Rangers Friday evening, then Saturday three o'clock kickoffs. The next five is Aberdeen North County, Celtic Motherwell, Hearts Dundee, Partick Thistle Hamilton, and St Johnston Kilmarnock. And at the Championship, and I think um, this is when I look at a fixture card like this, I always it always baffles me why we don't get any coverage on uh, our television screens of this league on Saturday. We've got Dumbarton Air. Falkirk Dunfermline, Queen of the South Morton, Wraith Rovers against Hibs and St Mirren, Dundee United. We'll start with that fixture, Hamish. Um, first game in charge for Jack Gross, Dundee United not exactly flying. It's a chance, surely, to to get off to the best possible start. No, no, <laughs> no. because uh, Dundee United, I think, getting their point at Easter Road um, last weekend or the weekend before last, and um, getting a good victory at Shunrara. I think they were patchy in that match, but they got the result. I think they're starting to show signs that they are, are starting to become a team. Um, and St Mirren, on the other hand, uh, Jack Ross isn't a miracle worker. I think he's shown time, uh, shown that he takes time to, to get things his way. Like at Allo, it took him a wee bit of time to get them in order to realise the players he's got. Um, he's also got a, a bang average squad devoid of any confidence at St Mirren. I think the atmosphere will be better. you probably get a decent crowd. you get good travelling support and a good home crowd, I think. Um, I don't know, four, four and a half thousand maybe on Saturday, something like that, mm. for St Mirren Dundee United. Um, and, uh, but no, the, the Tangerines will be going home happy because they're going to win that game. Lewis, Jack Ross is a manager. You've obviously seen... Bits of League One and League Two this <laughs> season. Um, of course, we all fancied them. They weren't that incredible run at the start of the season. Things did drop off a bit, but I don't think that was too unrealistic to expect. Yeah. Uh, do you think he's the right choice? Um, I like. I, you know, as I said, I've seen him this year. I really like Jack Ross as a manager. I think you know he speaks well. Um, the way he approaches the game is um, refreshing. I think, but, but it is for me kind of too similar an appointment to the last two that some men have made and I think they did need something a wee bit different this this time um, I kind of go along with what Hamish is saying um, I think Dundee United will probably get the result here um, you know obviously remember Samaritan's home record isn't <laughs> isn't great um, and, and that goes you know that's not even talking about the last manager that goes you know from the last couple of years Um so I think you know, Jack Ross has definitely got the caliber or the, or the the qualities to you know change that team and improve the team. But I don't think it's going to be done overnight. Um, and I think I feel expecting United to get something out of this. Matt, I think a lot of people have commented that you know Jack, very good manager, but it's maybe just a little bit early in the sense that 
it's almost a bit of a poison chalice. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, you can understand why he wanted potentially to move away from Alawa because realistically, if he goes on to get them promoted this year, can he go much further than that with them? Um, and also, if he didn't, after making that great start, where does it leave him? So you can see why he mm-hmm. took it. But it's one of these ones, is it just, would we well maybe waiting till the end of the season, getting promotion and then probably get a bigger job? Uh, yeah, probably go along with that. I think um, he w- he's not really been a manager, let alone Alo, a manager that long. You know, I mean, I, I think he was, was it March he came in? Was it? And, and he, I mean, he, he, he took over a sinking ship, really. I mean, they were down when he came in, really, and they were struggling. So I think he... Um, he, he does have the he does have the potential to be a very good manager, as you say. Maybe St Mirren's job is a bit of a poison chalice. However, it is it is a big job, and it is a. They, I mean, they should with the players they have, they should realistically be away from the bottom half of the league. You know, I think it's just it is just a surprising league this season with the, the likes of Queen of the South doing so well, um, and Martin doing it as well. So I mean, it's I don't think they'll get cut adrift, but. Um, it is a big task for him. I just think it may have come a bit early for him. I would like to see him earn it, perhaps. I don't think he's earned it, and that's not taking anything away from him. I just think that he's um, he should really have perhaps waited. But I mean, big jobs don't come around often for for, for young managers. For me, if the the question if Jack Ross has earned it or not, I think he he one hundred percent has earned it with the the start he made to the season. Um, Allo, you've got to remember that he's. He's been taken away from Alloa by St Mirren. It's not as if he's been kind of sacked by Alloa mm-hmm. or he's left Alloa. I think you'd have had decent odds um, that Alloa would uh, would or will win the league if they'd have had him uh, in charge. And I think you'll actually see under their new manager that um, the foundations that he's laid will, will help them win the league this season. Um, so for me, he's 100% earned it. I think it's, it's not just the start to this season um, in the league. I think it's the cup results they've had. I think it's the, the victory over... Um, Inverness and Ross County it's the performance at Celtic Park um, Mm -hmm. the best performance I've seen by a Scottish team at Celtic Park this season that's uh, including Aberdeen Motherwell um, Rangers Kilmarnock whatever Um, and it's also the the results I think he had last season in the tail end of the season going to Ibrox getting a result beating Hibs at home Um, I think he won at Queen of the South or something like that as well so he got he got some really good results. I know that was when kind of Rangers had won the league, all that kind of stuff. You can always um, discredit him in that way, um, but I think one hundred percent he's earned it. And I've said it before. I think he'll do he'll do a really good job at St. Man. I think you, you hear what people have to say about him. You very rarely hear a bad word about Jack Ross. It's always players. I think it was uh, Brian Prunty last night on Twitter saying mm-hmm. that he was the best manager um, he's ever worked under. Um, and I think that he, he commands respect. You heard him in the podcast the way he talks. He, he has a kind of air of authority about him. Um, and as I say, I think he'll be a, a huge success at St Mirren. I do echo those thoughts, but um, I, again, I do think it will take a little bit of time just to steady it and assess what he's got. Every manager needs that kind of period of, of time to to reevaluate, shall we say. Anyway, elsewhere in the Championship. Um, Big game for both Wraith Rovers and Hibernian at Starks Park. Um, Hibs now without a win in four. Um, well, Wraith, to their credit, despite taking a slight dip, have kept themselves up at the, the top end of league, Lewis. Um, yeah, I suppose so. Um, <laughs> this is now the, the part of the podcast where I'll land past Wraith Rovers. Um, no, I think, you can just go back to Hibs, I think their issue is that you know they've got a lot of the ball, but they're not, you know, they're not really using it or um, doing a lot with it. Um, 
you know, I, I could definitely see Rafe getting something out of this game. Because, um, you know, as you said, Hibs have been struggling of late. Um, I think, you know, Hibs probably need to you know, sort it out, I think, really. Yeah, well, um, what I heard from um, a guy who was in the press box on, on Saturday uh, at the, the Hibs-St Mirren game in the Iron Brew Cup was apparently Neil Lennon came in, and according to this guy, Neil Lennon was bouncing about while one of the um, St Mirren players was being interviewed. Um, and he was bouncing about uh, and you knew that Neil Lennon was going to let rip in his Hibs team once he was asked the question I think the question was something along the lines of um, so Neil, uh, a very disappointing result, a poor performance uh, you should really be doing better with the players you've got on the sides of this club and then apparently he did just let rip saying oh, this isn't good enough, the team um, we need a reaction, that's what four without a win for them, they need a massive reaction I would um, I would have loved to have been a fly in the wall in that Hibs dressing room after the game on Saturday. I think they would have got an absolute rollicking and uh, I think for that reason that you'll get a response from them tomorrow. Yeah, it is probably the, the one thing I, I, I really liked it kind of what I liked about Lennon and maybe his time at Celtic was that he was never afraid to you know air his opinions or let rip in the media or you know have a go at some of the players at times and which I think you know uh, if the performances aren't good enough, you know, it's more than warranted. I think those comments, um, and you know, he feels that they haven't, and he wants a reaction. And you know, again, I think as much as I think Wraith are more, more than capable of getting something, um, and they can take advantage of the kind of um, dour atmosphere or whatever at Hibs at the moment. I think you know, Hibs, Hibs can you know bounce back from this. This is a big opportunity for them. I wouldn't be doing my job properly if I didn't ask you to speak about the wonderful derby match that takes place at Falkirk Stadium on Saturday between Falkirk and Dunfermline but looking at it on a domestic front Dunfermline uh, they're down in eighth um, seven points, a point ahead of uh, Dumbarton who take up the relegation playoff, Falkirk of course three top three points behind Havernian sorry um, still unbeaten in the league obviously last week they crashed out of the Ironbrook Cup to Air United but Matt, it looks like <clears throat> another probably tight game, only considering the fact that that Dunfermline strike force really should have them further up the league. Uh, yeah, definitely. I know. I think that they should do. Um, they are. A, we've we've talked about it before how good Dunfermline are going forward. It's just I think it just shows the step up in class between the, the leagues. It's it's evident. Obviously, the fact that Alloa went down and have done remarkably well, Livingston as well, and then Dunfermline have come up with. I don't think they've struggled because I mean, as you've said, I mean they've still knocked goals past teams it's just like it's getting that on a consistent basis and finding all, all well and good they're going they're good going forward it's they might get found out in other areas such as the defense so i think that um i still think that falkirk should win this um these are as you say still unbeaten i think uh, i mean i just you need a reaction off of that game i mean i, I don't know if you're i don't want to disrespect the cup but i don't know if you're that bothered about going out of the out of cup as much as you would be if it was a and uh, like a bigger trophy, or if it, obviously because I know the league's the priority for if you. It wasn't a Mickey Mouse Cup. If it wasn't, that's the phrase. The league is the priority. Yeah, but you don't you don't get your day out in the sun at Hamden at the end of that tournament, really, unless you. Or McDermott Park. Or McDermott Park, yeah. So. No, I uh, can only echo that. But I think I'm actually really looking forward to it, as always am, when it comes to these games, and um, should get a good crowd in at the Volcourt Stadium for that. The other. Okay, championship fixtures Queen of the South against Morton there's one name for them and it's just keep this, this going of course they had the good one against Linfield 
um, on Sunday. By all accounts, in fact, I watched the game. They, they definitely should have scored more than what, what they did and should never have went to extra time in the first place. So they'll take positives from that. And the other championship game, Dumbarton versus Ayr. Um, I was touching on it slightly, but you know that's a, a, a big one for Dumbarton. They're two points behind there, so they win that. They leapfrog them, potentially, even going as high up as six in the table, depending on the results. Anyone want to take? Yeah, well, they've uh, also, obviously, Dumbarton have had that extra week's rest, as opposed to here, which could, um, I think, come in quite handy for them on Saturday. And it's also the Rock is traditionally well aye it's a funny place because you wouldn't think it'd be a fortress when you go there because it's probably one of the quietest places you'll ever go um, and the kind of whatever sound is made just seems to echo away into the mountains um, <laughs> but I, I think I think Dumbarton obviously that's Ryan Stevenson against his old club so no doubt he'll be on the score sheet for them um, I don't know that's that's one of the tougher ones I think this weekend to call I could see that one going either way um, and for that reason I'll go for a draw Fair enough, that is your championship card for this weekend. Um, I can get quickly run through. Dumbarton Air, Falkirk, Dunfermline, Queen of South, Morton, Wraith Rovers versus Hibernian and St Mirren against Dundee United. Into League One, there really is only one place to start. Um, top of the table clash between Brecon and Alloa. Of course, Alloa just having appointed Jim Goodwin. They travel up to League Park for that one. Uh, very tight, I would imagine. And for Brecon, they probably didn't expect, I wouldn't have thought, to have been right up there at the start of the season. But they would get a result against Alwa on Saturday. It would more than consolidate their, their place up there. I think as well for them, they might not get a better chance of getting a, a result against Alwa this year, given that, you know, obviously with the, the change in, in manager, um, you know, that's a kind of immediate change almost. Um, I, I actually think Brecon should be aiming for the three points here. I think I think they could get the three points. I mean, if they do possible. it, that takes them yeah. six points ahead of Alwa. Six points. I've had as much talk start, as much heralded manager. It's the most unpopular thing to say, I think. But Darren Dodds deserves a lot, a lot of credit there. I think I've seen him at the start of the season. Um, and I didn't think that they'd, they'd reach this height in the league. They didn't look that good. But um, you can't argue with the results, Hamish. Sir Darren Dodds, arise. That's what, that's what you're, you're looking at, the way they're playing. Because they're, um, they are a team who, as you say, I had down for the bottom kind of couple of places in the league. I thought last season they started the season poorly, seemed to turn well for them about Christmas time. Lemon Stranar seemed to leap up in the league, Stranar further than Brecon. Um, but this season... They, they've been brilliant I think they've only had one defeat and it was at, at Livingston if I'm right in saying so which is probably your hardest game this is maybe the one question mark that is hanging over them is can they do it against the big teams in the league the likes of Alloa and Livingston I think we'll find out on Saturday um, I, I wouldn't uh, massively write them off on Saturday especially against uh, a new manager um, Alloa of course uh, from, from what I heard yesterday that the players at Alloa were delighted when they heard the news that Jim Gooden was going to be uh, the next manager um, I think he's a well liked figure in the dressing room um, and I think that will translate to the playing uh, or to the managing uh, of the team um, and yeah I, th I think uh, I think they'll do very well but I, I could see Brecon uh, nicking that one it's one of our prediction games later on so I'll need to come to some sort of uh, scoreline but I don't know 
of course, with those two teams facing off against each other, it does give Livingston a chance that someone's got to slip up, whether it be Breakin, Aloha or both. Um, they play Albion Rovers, who, to their credit, have, have started not too badly. They are level on points with East Fife, uh, taking up that final playoff place or aiming to get in there on goal difference. They're just behind. Um, that won't be the easiest one for Livingston, will it, Matt? But they come back after um, beating Crusaders last Friday evening. Mm-hmm. Credit to them for do, going over and doing that. That wouldn't have been the use of journeys over there, but they did it. They got the, the result in the next round. They come back here and again, Albion Rovers is one they're expecting to win, though. Uh, no, definitely. I mean, they might have one eye on the breaking game, to be honest, because I mean, any, anything out of that could, I mean, that Alloa get, get a result out of that and Livy go top if they win. I'm pretty confident about Livingston winning this, to be honest. I mean, as you said, rightfully, I mean, coming off the back of a great win against Crusaders, I mean, I think that you should probably just touch on that kind of shows you where the Northern Irish League is. That's no disrespect to Livingston, that just shows that Livingston, I believe, were apparently quite comfortable um, last week and, and the bookies gave pretty um, ridiculous odds. I think they were e- over-evens or they were about evens to win. So, I mean, credit to Livingston for for um, for doing that. I mean, they just need to keep going. The, the, the expectation will be from them and their fans and their club to go back up straight away. It is a, it is a tough league this year um, with the likes of Breakin being the surprise package. Alwa are obviously going to be there or thereabouts, but... Um, I mean, East Fife aren't aren't a bad team. They, they've also had a pretty good start. I mean, they're they're still up there. I mean, it's so tight though. But if you look at East Fife and eleven points, and then even going as far down to say like oh, Queens Park on seven. I mean, there's that many league almost developing. It, 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 like we say it every every season. I mean, it, it, it might happen. So, um, Livingston's got to go about their business. And I think they'll do a professional job though. Yeah, it's interesting because next kind of two to three weeks in League One are very very tight indeed you've got uh, Breakin against Aloha on Saturday the week after is uh, Aloha against Livingston and the week after that is Breakin against Livingston so the top three all play off against each other and it's bizarre to say it after only eight games but could the next three weeks really shape how we see that League One title race going? Perhaps. I mean, like I said, I mean, it, it, it really just depends on the consistency of the top teams. I know that's easy to see, but if Beacon are still going going and winning games um, over the next few weeks, then you've got to see them as serious contenders, regardless of the fact that Livingston and, and Aloha are perhaps on form. So I think they'll they'll probably see about three or four teams probably in that in that league, maybe maybe probably three actually, just maybe cutting themselves adrift, sorry, cutting the rest of the league adrift, so um, but it's going to be interesting nonetheless A little old Stennis Muir there off the bottom of the, the <laughs> division they're holding their own a wee bit now, they're in ninth place they are up against uh, Strandraer on Saturday, so not unlucky by all accounts, you know, I think Dundee United last weekend in the Cup did the job and that phrase professional comes back to mind, but with Stennis Muir they're, they're certainly building a plan there they're building a, a team they've got a manager of three year contract um, when you when you look at uh, the work Brown Ferguson has done since they were shipping all these goals at the start of the season, they were losing um, four away to Livingston and uh, seven away to Queen of the South, and um, a few other results that they, they shipped uh, lots and lots of goals. Um, I think what he's done is he always said in post match um, interviews that he felt the team went too far away. If they they stopped giving away silly goals 
and they started scoring goals of their own and taking the chances when they came. He felt they weren't too far away, and um, he, he got some kind of strange looks in these these interviews because people were saying, um, "Look, you're, you're bottom of the league at one point, and your like your goal difference is like minus fifteen after five games or something like that, like uh, diabolical stuff." Um, and I'll be honest, I didn't see you know, any hope for them. However, they are off the bottom of the league. Um, they got a, a much-needed victory, I think, out last time they played. Um, and there are signs, I think, in the, the boy that Willett Furtado they've got. I think he looks a really good player. Um, and sometimes it can only take one player to turn a whole team's fortunes around. The players take the lead from him. They have got experience in that team. Um, the likes of uh, Colin McMenamin. Um, and uh, the fullback as well, right back, uh, whose name escaped McCormick, Jamie McCormick, uh, who's been kind of around the block, and, and Stephen Sterling, players like that, who actually do have experience. Um, that's a that's a tricky game for them. Stranraer themselves got off to a poor start, but have since improved. Um, I think Stranraer will probably win it after all I've said, but um, Steny, I've got more hope for them than I did a few weeks ago or a month ago. More hope for Stennis Muir, says Hamish. Uh, the other two fixtures in League One. Queen's Park play East 5, while Airdrionians host Peterhead. That's at 5.15 live on BBC Alba. Make sure you why? tune in to that one. Well, there's, a, there's a set quota of League One and League Two games. But you have why? to pick out a season as part of the deal that but gets them the 16 championship. I don't know. I don't make the deals. I'm just telling you of it. Um but they have to pick a certain amount of championship, uh, League One and League Two games. Be fair, before, the, before the season starts, you're probably thinking that's going to be a, a decent game. But now, obviously, uh, I, I don't think that's they, the case they, at all. They don't pick the games before the season starts. Well, what I don't understand is why in League One and League Two, we don't wait till after Christmas and see how the league's shaping up as a whole and see who's the honours and riders type thing and pick a peak game. Because I think the allocation for... Those leagues are so low that we could end up missing out on like an Alwa Livingston if that goes to the wire. We could end up missing out on a Alwa Breakin if that goes to the wire. Or even looking at the opposite end of the table, if there's a crunch match down the bottom, say between Stennis Muir, Peterhead, all the teams that are down there, then that's probably one you want to see as well. So it's strange mm. so early in the I, season. But I don't think there's any appetite in the world for League One football being in television. I think if if you oh. want to, and I'm, that's not me devaluing the league. I think if you want to watch a League One game, you go to it. Yeah, because I, I don't I don't see the value at all. What, no, what? nobody is going. Oh, I can't wait to watch Adrianis Peterhead at five fifteen on on Saturday. The simple fact is that, and all it is doing is driving away fans who would have gone to the game. Peterhead fans who would have travelled now just mm. stay up the road. Airdrie fans who would have gone perhaps would just think, no, I'll get it in the pub. Why would I? Why would I pay money to go to it? It's an absolute nonsense. Um, it should be at Ponzi three o'clock. It, no, it's it's terrible. It should be at three o'clock. I get it in the championship because there are big teams in there, teams that you would go, oh Dundee United Hibs last week or, or Falkirk Dunfermline. No, that's not even on telly, but that kind of game you go, fair enough. But Airdrie only Peter Head, do me a favour. No, I, I appreciate the point I'm making. I think though the fact is we're stuck in the contract that they have to be picked and the picking hasn't been done very well, regardless. Well, um, what what League One game would you have? Well, that's what I'm saying. If you have you, if you have to have how many games, four or five games a season, why aren't we waiting and showing? I, I do. I would argue your point in the sense that I do think if there was a one-off game to win the league, people would want to see that. But how often does that really happen? But that's what I'm saying. But so I, why I, are you I, picking I, a game just now? I also think if it's a one-off game to win the league, folk would rather be there. Mm-hmm. 
but it's better for it's better for the viewing public that is that game that's on than Air Jones against Peter Head. I'm not yeah. denying that there, there shouldn't be a TV deal for these sort of games. I appreciate that. What I'm saying is to get the championship games you're talking about, they have to pick League One and League Two games because they have to do that. Then the picking of Air Jones versus Peter Head when we could hold off and even get a game on Boxing Day. I don't know that's a better fixture. It just seems that the picking of that game mm. in particular is very down very south. Random. How many League Two games do you ever see in television? Uh, no, there's quite, they, no they there's not. Honestly, League, League One as well. Yeah, but I'm saying League Two. There's not. There's a League One game. Well, so. no, but I'm saying League Two. There, listen, there's not. No, but listen. Other, other than the playoffs, listen, they've right. got the same quota as, as this kind of idea. There is League Two games throughout the season. Mm-hmm. They're minimal. There's it's not. like this. In order to get the championship deal with the football league, you have to show a small number of. Um, English football league games the difference being they're more intelligent when they pick it and they're usually normally on the bank holiday Mondays down south yeah that that should not be a clause of our contract I understand why it is but I'll say it again nobody has a real appetite for league one football on television if you want to watch a league one game and I think it's a brilliant league this season you go and watch it at the stadium it's just driving fans away nobody's going at quarter are any of you going to watch that at quarter past five genuinely maybe no, I might get the second half after my You're work. not going to watch it. You're not going to watch it. I'm just going to watch it. I'm just going to watch it exactly just so. No, well, that kind of says a lot in its own way then. Oh. Right, we'll move on into Glorious League 2. Um, as I say. Any of these games televised? They're not televised this weekend. No, I'm sure they will be at some point though if you like to tune in to BBC Alba. I won't be. We, we can go through the channel numbers for Sky and Virgin <laughs> if you like at the end of the show. Folks, if that's a request. But anyway, <laughs> into League 2. Abroath versus Forfar, Cowdenbeath versus Annan, Edinburgh City versus Clyde, Montrose versus Elgin and Stirling versus Berwick. Stirling, of course, still managerless after um, James Fowler turned that job down to go and be the assistant manager at St Mirren I think is Corrigan not taking the job who? Corrigan oh he's caretaker manager oh he's yeah, caretaker right so he's not a chef right no um, I thought he'd got the job I think I, I said it as soon as um, Stuart McLaren left that I was 99% certain James Furrow would take that job really? Um, yeah uh, he's been in about the club since July local for him I suppose um, yeah and it sounds by all accounts that it was basically had the offer from Stirling Albion going in two hours earlier, then they would have had him as his manager, but Stirling pipped him to the, uh, sorry, St Mirren pipped Stirling to his signature. Anyway, um, that game they take on, I've just lost the fixture, they take Berwick on Berwick. Um, again, it's, it's, it's one of those ones that it's mid-table, uh, and probably a right battle in that one, but the game I probably think we want to focus on um, understandably has to be for for yeah. again um, 21 points 6 ahead of Elgin in second they of course had a they did slip up didn't they um, yeah they, they lost at home in Montrose 3-0 that was wasn't it 3-1 3-1 um, before the international break but for them it does seem like it is just a bit of a a, a steamroll shall we say, and I wouldn't surprise me if it's the same line we come out with every week, for for again another win. No. That result Elgin got last week against Edinburgh City just moves them slightly closer, it's it's kind of changed the gap, 
um, from seven to six, which I always think it's only a point, but six seems a bit closer than seven. I think you've got it in your mind that it's going to just it could change in two weeks, opposed to seven, which would be at least three weeks. Um, it's a kind of first question marks I think been asked about. Um, for for they've got uh, they've obviously they've lost the last two games both at home, both three one. Um, so a wee bit of pressure about them. They're away to Arbroath, who themselves are sixth in the league, um, but could move up as far as as third if results go their way on Saturday. Um, probably unlikely though. But um, I think I've got a feeling for Arbroath here. I think they'll be a decent price for the bookies, and I've got a feeling for Arbroath to um, to, to make it three in a row uh, defeats for Forfa. Interesting stuff. As I say, the other fixtures on the card there: Cowdenbeath and Edinburgh, Clyde, Montrose, Elgin, and Stirling against Berwick. We move now on to our prediction league. It was, of course, away for a week. I take great pride in confirming that means I am still top of the league. Um, this weekend, it's the usual. It's the six Premiership games. Uh, the Championship two matches: Falkirk against Dunfermline and St Mirren versus Dundee United. Uh, league One is Beacon Alloa and League Two is Arbroath for for so. Hamish has already um, listed his fixtures I see here, but he'll read them out anyway. Yeah. Um, we'll go around the three of you very quickly. And Do yours as well, Connor, that way you I won't be uh, late this week with your predictions. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that cost me. Could have been could extending my lead at the top of the table. Take great pain to saying that. Anyway, Inverness Rangers on Friday night, Matt. How's it going? I'm going to say 2 1 Inverness. That's probably why I'm near, well, bottom of the league, but yeah, I'm going to say 2 1 Inverness. 1 0 Rangers. I'm going for 2 1 Rangers. I'm going for 2 0 Rangers. Aberdeen, Ross County, Matt. 2 0 Aberdeen. 1 0 Aberdeen. 2-0 Aberdeen 3-1 Aberdeen I'll go for um, Celtic Motherwell Matt 5-0 uh, Celtic 3-1 Celtic 5-1 Celtic Go for 4-0 for me I think I think that's the most convincing of the weekend Hearts Dundee at Tynecastle Matt 2-0 two, two Hearts 0-0 Ooh 3-0 Hearts I'm 2-0 for Hearts there um, down the bottom end of the table Patrick Thistle versus Hamilton at Furhill Matt 2-1 Thistle 2-1 Ackies 1 each draw I'm going to go for 2-2 two, two in that game and finally St Johnston Kilmarnock McDermott Park 3-1 to St Johnston 2 each 2-0 St Johnson. I'll go 4-1 St Johnson. <laughs> when have St Johnson ever scored four? Oh, just <laughs> this weekend. No, but when have they ever scored four? No, I might I might read it. It's been said on here. No, you can't. I'll I'll sit oh, on that so, one. So me. I've got you under my thumb then. Because I'm I'm telling you to change and then you change. Oh tell me to change, <laughs> but so remember my harshness towards Kumar's <laughs> Nah. Nah. Right, into the championship. Falkirk versus Dunfermline. Get this right, please. Uh, 2 1 Falkirk. 3 0 Falkirk. I like you. 3 1 Falkirk. Do a fish and go. I don't predict the hard games. Oh, I know. I could, I'm tempted, but no, I'm going to go 3 0 Falkirk. At least you're cautious about that one. 
Um, Jack Ross first game in charge for St Mirren at home to Dundee United Matt 2-0 Dundee United 1-0 Dundee United 2-1 Dundee United 1 each for me first point on the board for Jack Ross uh, Brecon Aloha big game at the top of League 1 Matt 2-2 need a draw in there somewhere uh, 1 each 2-1 Brecon 2-1 Aloha for me on that and finally Arbroath versus Forfar interesting one I think going to come up here 2-1 uh, Forfar 2-1 Arbroath 2-1 Arbroath 2-0 Forfar for me very mm. evenly split um, that is our predictions worth saying about these the goals we will, we will get them in the group chat we'll post them eh, as we did last week on Twitter probably on we'll need to be f- before Friday night won't it um, because of the, the Rangers game uh, I don't know I think you're probably up first Matt aren't you I don't, I don't want to go out on a limb I'm dead uh, last I think yeah yeah, I, yeah I won't I'll, I'll, we'll, let you, we'll, we'll let you decide later on won't put oh, you on okay. the spot right now I can't be far away I've just said what I think it might be anyway so. hmm. very good Anyway, questions? Questions from our public. Is that them that I'm seeing there on hmm. the screen? There we go. Oh no, it's just going to be Scotland stuff, isn't it? <laughs> so, we'll start with Kieran Poland. Does Griffiths have to nutmeg Messi to get a Scotland game? <laughs> um, I think he just... The media have to stop going on about it and uh, the fans have to stop asking and then Strachan will put them in out of spite. So maybe if we, we start saying... Start saying oh, Chris Martin has to be in that team. Griffiths is <laughs> terrible, man. Like, why would you want him near yeah. your team next game, Griffiths up top? Please don't put Ross McCormack anywhere near that squad because he's just not good enough. Aye, don't don't pass the ball, Strachan. Who does that? Yeah. Just punt yeah. it long. That's fine. Yeah. We're, we're happy with Agree. that. Good. Jeff Waddle, <laughs> given the lack of quality coming through, is there any light at the end of the international tunnel for Scotland? Eventually, but in about 10 years. We will be dead before uh, we qualify for the Rangers will win the so league. No. Oh, what was it Fisher said last he night? He said that, that they would qualify for the Champions League. More chance well, of last 16. Knockout, yeah. Last 16 in Champions More chance of Rangers qualifying for the last 16 in the next five years in Scotland qualifying for a major competition in the next 10. Um, I think there will be light, and I think it will be in the shape of Derek McInnes's torch. Really? Mm. Well, you know what happened. We'll end up well crappy manager no, I'm not saying that's <laughs> it, but I'm not actually saying Derek McInnes is a crappy manager I'm just saying it'll be like the traditional kind of right. Scottish way we won't look outside the box we'll end up with McLeish mm-hmm. or McInnes or a Mick, Mick Namara or something like that <laughs> another Mick um, so aye ugh, I give up <laughs> interesting about that point uh, call it the end of the tunnel where's the light coming from well Look at our 21s. 2-0, they got beat last night um, over Macedonia. Was a, of the group. was a very young team that they put out, though. So, I mean, I yeah, under but, 21. But, no, and yeah, but Matt, I know, but like, like the group yeah, was already no, dead no, in no, no, Matt. 13 points or something off a qualification with, I'm sorry, what looked to me up until the last kind of couple no, okay. of games, one of the strongest squads we've had in years. We're bottom of the group. That doesn't yeah. suggest to me any light in no, any no, tunnel. Um, and Darren Sloan. Is Gordon Strachan trolling the fans after his comments about Martin being outstanding? Of course, we spoke about the fact that he didn't play on that. And then, is tactics working last night, apparently? Don't know, man. 
I had a feeling that was from Saturday's game, but I don't. I don't think it is. But I just. I don't know. It sounds like the comments. I made. can't remember him saying because that was what happened. I assume it's Russell Martin, and not Chris Martin. Obviously, Chris Martin didn't play, but I don't know about that one. But uh, aye, Strachan isn't very good anyway. Um, Fosh has sent in a question. Oh, Fosh Town, love Fosh Town. If, if you put Hanley and Russell Martin into a bag with a wild animal then through that bag in another, what animal would you choose? Hmm. I'd probably go for a goldfish because I don't see any other possibilities for us at centre half other than those two, as bad as they are Christoph Berra isn't an option so I probably wouldn't want them harmed at all you could assuming, what was discussed earlier on assuming they'd be able to rid themselves of the, the bag and the, the water and not drown um, I would probably want them safe and sound um, as bad as they are I don't think there's much better I would go with the complete opposite and say a giant flesh-eating octopus lovely I'll, I'll put a clownfish because they are both clowns and I would like to see Liam Cooper of Leeds United be called up to that Scotland Kingsway team. left centre-back he's a left-back it it's, not, it's not the worst centre-back centre right? Suter um, um, you know. Finally, I think the last question comes from the old favourite, the snowman. Are the players just not that good, yeah. or is Strachan just not getting enough out of them? The, the second one. The latter, yes. Both. Mm. I think the thing that I think that you know, there's a point they made here. We've spoke about you know the the pool's not that bad. It's not, but I I say this with every managerial departure, the players have to take some sort of responsibility and he's not gone yet but even this sort of form the players are the ones doing it in the park they could mm-hmm. in theory ignore everything that Strachan says to them and go out and get results now well, why does he keep playing oh no sorry I get a point but um, the problem is as you said there's issues on both sides because you could argue that the players are picked um, aren't necessarily the strongest possible team to go out and get these results but at the same time, there has to be some sort of joint um, acceptance there that there is faults on both sides. But ultimately, it's the manager that can be changed far easier than the players. And that, I believe, brings us to the end of this 90-minute show. Looking back, at, of course, Slovakia 3, Scotland 0 last night. And previewing... This weekend's fixtures right across the Premiership Championship, League 1 and League 2. As always, get yourself out to a game if you can. Of course, tune in on Saturday night, 5.15 BBC Alba. We have Airdonians <laughs> versus Peterhead. And that one that Hamish will have. If he's not watching it live, he'll be recording it to watch it back later. Tweet Don't Fox send him the score. is abuse when he's watching it. Please, for watching it. Um, I'll, I'll live tweet the game. Yeah, about I hope that. you do. <laughs> for a laugh. I'll be at work, thankfully. Um, so I will not get you won't want to know the score because you'll record it and watch later <clears throat> no chance uh, anyway online bushballpodcast.net is a website social media channels as always where you'll get us sending your questions for any podcasts Hamish yeah uh, just quietly we'll, we'll be obviously be back on Monday with the next podcast um, looking uh, back at the weekend uh, however it is this is number 98 that will be number 99 Um, We can now quickly just review a couple of the plans for um, the week of 100. Uh, We will have our 100th show. It will go out on Wednesday. It will be a look back at the previous 99 shows. 
um, and it will be a whole kind of chat about how we broke the news when it happened and uh, or we didn't break the news but how we discussed the news and the favourite moments bloopers we'll have the first ever show clips from the first ever show clips from the previous one Friday Fitma Talk mm. listeners will hopefully enjoy yes, hearing all that we'll have some chat about it our favourite moments that kind of stuff and then that will set off a chain of events that will um, that will basically see uh, a week of podcasts. Now, um, we have already recorded a couple of these specials. There will be an Urban Myths podcast being recorded soon. There will also be a Room 101 podcast that will go out soon. Um, and there will finally be a, a Busball Hall of Fame one. Now, these three episodes will be paid for episodes. Um, there will be a pound, uh, sorry, a dollar even, uh, on Patreon. The, the website, I know a dollar's a bit strange <laughs> I know it's, it's an American website um, there will be more information will be available soon but basically you'll still get all the other episodes, you'll get our, our kind of favourite moments, you'll get all the usual episodes weekend reviews, weekend previews um, for free but we will be releasing three very special paid for episodes the one we recorded yesterday guys, hilarious wasn't it, like, it was really <laughs> really good it was honestly the best podcast we've ever done um, and Callum Fisher uh, had a few rants about Fraser Five and a few other folk um, but yeah, uh, more information about that will be coming soon. Um, but we'd really appreciate if you guys would get behind us because we can really make the podcast much better. Um, and it's well worth a, a yeah. dollar, I think, for for the quality you get. Um, anyway, I'll let you finish off. Can I quickly wish Matthew Findlay a happy birthday? Yes, happy birthday, oh, Matt. Thanks, Lewis. Happy and cheers to the host for. Uh, I said happy birthday before you came no, in. No, you didn't. Put, you didn't put on on air, though. I thought it was the listeners should know. Just sang the song before. No, no. you shouldn't. Anyway, time's on the night. We need to finish. Thank so. you, Hamish. There you go. Uh, thank you to Matt Finlay, Lewis Kemp, Hamish Carton for joining the studio. I've been Connor Park. Get yourself out to a game and have a good weekend. See you next week. <laughs>